I'd like to welcome Ariane Fiki to the show today. Yay! We don't use sound effects, but we will have jazz hands and we will do this. Yes. <laughs> For those that will be watching this on YouTube, she is a senior client partner on the government defense and aerospace team for Unity Technologies. Ariane also specializes, special, gosh, I'm like messing it all up. I'm going to start all over again. Welcoming Ariane to the show. She is a senior client partner on the government defense and aerospace team for Unity Technologies. She specializes in technology training and development, strategic partnerships, operations and management in healthcare, higher ed, and technology industries. She's a community builder and serves as a founding ambassador with MIA Mission Impact Academy, VRAR Association, conference director for Central Florida, and the also the exhibit manager with Immerse Global Summit and a global ambassador with BitBasil. I am exhausted just reading that. So I don't even know how you do that. And you have children and a husband. I don't know how you do all of that. Actually, no husband. Um, no, but okay, even more. <laughs> you have twice have, the work now. No, yes, yes. I have three, three boys. But thank you, Isabel. I'm so glad to be here. And our paths have crossed in all these adventures over the last few months. And um, I couldn't be happier to be here and connected with you and to share uh, information about what's happening out there. But yes, I have three boys that keep me busy. The oldest is in the army serving our great country. Oh my God, you don't even look old enough to have that. <laughs> He's 20 years old, um, being 20 and uh, serving our country and doing great things out in Colorado. And then I have a 10 and 11 year old who are getting very involved in Orlando tech community and supportive of all my initiatives as well. Well, you are very favored. (laughs) At least, you know, you've got boys that are going to be there to hopefully take care of you through, you know, good times and other times when they're all leaving the home. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, our show is all about education, innovation, and the future of industries and jobs. And I always kick the show off with, tell us about yourself using five words. And these can change over life. So sometimes it's this word, these five words, but it can always be more than that because we're more complex, right? Absolutely. They they do. They could even change, you know, in, within the day, right? But <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would definitely say that the one I'm on right now is, you know, gratitude. Uh, mm-hmm. audacious um i would say uh direct mm-hmm. uh driven um gosh what else do you i have? said faithful faithful is a big one yeah for sure well, uh, those are your five and you're pretty good yeah yeah so why uh why gratitude oh my goodness um you know i have been so fortunate um, you know, I think that sometimes we we get caught up with, you know, when we go through the good, the struggles, the challenges and the successes, sometimes, you know, we forget that all of it was necessary. Right. And so I've realized that, um, you know, maybe not when you're going through the challenges, but there's always something wonderful at the end of any challenge that maybe we can draw from. And so I've been so grateful to come across incredible people that have inspired me and mentored me, um, even afforded me opportunities. And um, I feel like if you live your life that way naturally, 
um, through gratitude, uh, you know, you're able, you're able to not only pay it forward, but you're able to grow so much within yourself. And so um, I'm open hearted to whatever comes my way and know that it's all part of the journey. And I think that's important. It took me a long time to get here though. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and living by that has really opened up so many doors for me and helped me grow and given me great joy as well and happiness personally and professionally. That is wonderful. How about audacious? That was our first word. Oh, goodness. So I think that uh, as a young, well, young, a young minority woman, I'll just call myself that. Um, I think that uh, I've, I've never lacked personality and I tend to stand out anywhere that I am. So whether <laughs> anybody likes it or not, that typically has been my whole life. I've always kind of stood out in some ways for whatever reason. Um, but I think to not, as a woman, more importantly, I think to, you know, take chances and do the things that maybe sometimes, you know, as women and maybe minority women, you know, we were told not to kind of stand out. Uh, maybe you just kind of blend in. And so I've had a few mentors who've always said, be yourself, stand out. That's why you're here. We want you to be the best version of yourself. And that's like the best advice I ever had because you can never go wrong if you're true to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it hasn't led me wrong yet. So for sure, that is the, you know, being audacious and um, standing out, making friends, talking to people, learning about and listening about their experiences has been incredibly um, helpful. So being audacious and meeting people and trying new things has always been a wonderful thing for me. Mm -hmm. Faithful. Faithful. Ah, oh, well, I'm, um, you know, I'm a spiritual person. And I would say that the biggest thing for me is that part of faithful is, you know, you're, you're making choices and, and moving through experiences, sometimes blindly with, you know, you have faith, right? And so God is a huge part in my life. And so for me personally, um, you know, faith and love kind of go together. And so I try to always come from a place of love and faith kind of pours into that for sure. Mm, driven. Oh, that would have been my first word. <laughs> well, yeah. after grace, I would have picked grace, but driven. <laughs> um, driven is a very important, very important thing for me because I feel like as long as I'm always moving forward and focused and connecting with others and opportunities, um, you know, you, you're paying, you're, you're laying the, the groundwork for the future of relationships. And I think with all the things we're going to talk about later in this conversation and technology and AI and all of that, like really the human part of it is the relationship and it's so valuable. So, um, you know, drive and pushing through and part of uh, being resilient and just, just always moving forward helps afford those opportunities. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you on that one. Um, how about direct? Oh, this is a good one. It kind of goes hand in hand with being audacious too. Um, as well as being a woman, I think often um, we've learned to like quiet our voice a bit mm -hmm. um, instead of amplifying it and amplifying that of others as well, which is another part of the conversation. But saying what you mean, um, you usually got it right the first time for the most part. 
you, you know, if you're coming from a place of love and kindness and uh, experience, um, saying what you mean is so much easier. <laughs> you could get so much further if we just know. Sometimes instead of changing what we say or not saying exactly what we mean, it can kind of hinder us from our journey. Um, and it can make things complicated with others. I think speaking direct and being honest but kind can be very powerful tools. Mm-hmm. I agree. You're a great guest. I'm loving this so much. All right. <laughs> so where did you go to school, college, if you went? Because not everybody does. How did you get, what is the journey like to where you are now? And then talk about what you do now, because honestly, you're like a rocket scientist to me. <laughs> I sat there when you were telling me, we talked about this, I think it was like last week. I was going, oh my gosh, can I follow you on your job? <laughs> it sounds so interesting. It is really very interesting. And I'm I'm so fortunate. Uh, you know, I made some big changes, um, you know, later in life. And yeah, absolutely. So the, to answer your initial, you mentioned, what was the initial part of the question, just to make sure I hit it right? Yeah. So I had said to you, where did you go to school? Yes. And then okay. how did you get started on this journey to where you are now? Sure. So I started my journey in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, where I was born and raised. And I attended a school just about an hour outside of Kansas City in Warrensburg called Central Missouri State University for a period of time, and then um, continued my education uh, online, um, just studied business. But I've always had like a passion for education. And so fairly quickly after I left school. Um, I actually went on to work at uh, a higher education facility uh, for medical training and working in the admissions department. Um, and that was kind of like my first professional job after school. And uh, there they focused on uh, hands-on medical support training. Um, and I learned so much about technical uh, careers and the importance and value of trades um, and what that means for communities and also how it uh, can be used as a stepping stone for more education. So I entered the higher education arena at that point. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. And that was the start of my career. I was probably what was 2005 or so, um, 2005 approximately. And uh, that was in Stewart, Florida, and I worked for that organization for a few years until they, uh, this is a for-profit uh, for profit school, uh, and then uh, transitioned that into working at uh, ITT. Uh, I worked there too. I saw that on your LinkedIn and went, yeah. oh my gosh, we have that also in common. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I looked at your LinkedIn. Um, on my journey uh, along the way, I started in consultative sales while I was in school. I, I worked um, gosh, uh, at Dillard's, <laughs> you heard of Dillard's yes, uh, I do. and I, I worked in ladies shoes while I was in school and uh, I learned a lot about talking to people and, um, you know, it's funny what women and men will talk about when they're buying shoes, but learned a lot about, uh, talking to people. And I've always been a talkative person, but just, you know, built really great relationships for a few years while I did that. And then, um, when I transitioned over to education in my first real career, right, um, uh, I the first thing I did was I did negotiate my salary. And I always tell 
I tell, I always, always tell my students, I, that's what I refer to them as, um, that uh, even if it's the first time you're getting a professional career, you should negotiate your salary. Um, just because you're excited to be there and you don't have experience doesn't mean you don't have value, right? And so I always tell them that, but um, that, that was definitely a guiding light. So I had this start of this beginning of a career in higher education and um, went to I, went to working at ITT. What was interesting about that was that one of the gals that um, I worked with and was kind of like responsible of training, uh, she went on, uh, actually, it's interesting, I can tell you, she actually was fired. She was finishing college. She was fired because of, you know, of whatever reason. I don't, I don't remember the details, not by me. But I remember I had to help her get to her car and she was just graduating college in Houston at the time. And she ended up becoming a campus president some years later. And uh, when I was um, done having the boys and when I wanted to get back into education, she hired me because I had such a great experience with her. And we became lifelong friends, actually, um, from that point on. And she was really an inspirational woman. So you just don't know how your paths will cross again. So I always tell people that as well, because we had such a great, uh, I would say she's a sister in a way now, professionally as well personally. But anyways, I, I worked there. And then I went on to work. Uh, and, uh, I transferred back to you know, back to here in, in Orlando after I was there for a little bit of time um, and finished my career here. And and uh, yeah, and then just recently worked in more trade schools again. I worked at UTI here in Orlando, even if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible organization um, and they focus on trades for um, automotive, diesel, mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, their hands-on programs, but they train on the OEM manufacturer guidelines. So credentials and certifications, which are really incredible. And so um, with all of these things I did in education, though, in between, I did some consulting with technology um, and technology training from my experience at ITT, right? Um, and so I realized that there was always that missing link, even whether it was University of Missouri, St. Louis that I had conversations with quite often, or lots of big organizations. I would talk to them about their training. I always realized that there's like a there was always a miss, missing link between like really connecting the hands on like credentials and certifications. And so I found a lot of excitement in um, the tools you could provide to individuals to either upskill or to kind of bring all of their skills full circle. Sometimes while they're still in school finishing their degree. Um, to have those and start working on projects or interning, like maybe you've experienced or to kind of get their feet wet. It's really very helpful uh, to transition into a career, right? To have that experience. So so that was always very exciting to me. And um, this last few years, I got very interested. I was very interested in simulation. I realized we have a $6 billion simulation industry just here in Orlando. And uh, of all the things I've done, you know, my, my father was a scientist and a Java developer way back in the very beginning of Java developing and big on the Internet of Things and um, blockchain. So those are conversations that, you know, always, you know, we're at our Thanksgiving table or holidays when we're all together. And so um, I realized that the, there was something magical happening here in Orlando, and I decided to get involved and in, um, connected with the VRAR that had a, an event down in uh, Miami mm -hmm. and yep. And that kind of started my journey. Um, I went down and volunteered uh, 
to learn about the industry. And um, that kind of started it. And I'll just we'll, we'll kind of stop there and move back into your combo. And then I can fill in the blanks as we go further. Um, but you know, I'm so surprised I did not meet you there because I was there, too. Yes. A lot of people say that's so funny because I met so many people there. Um, and that was just last December. So not even a year ago. Right. Yeah, I know. And I decided to be uh, whatever I could do to be part of it. So I went down and I was the best, I guess you would call me the, a Walmart greeter at the front door of the event at, at the Fontainebleau. Um, and, uh, and it was the best experience because I got to learn everybody in the industry, their names, their stories. And um, it was wonderful. And it gave me the boost I needed to to later when I had some opportunities come up and have the confidence to take the steps, right? So it's not always, um, you know, just waiting for the opportunity, but being prepared and kind of setting the stage for your opportunities. So that was big for me. And um, I had a great career working in education um, here in Orlando, and I made great money and it was very consistent and comfortable for me. Um, so yeah, that, that set the stage for where I, from where I am from last December to now. Mm. That is a really good journey, but you have been so busy making the most out of that in this past year, because I know you must've met the, you know, all of the people from Mia yes. in Miami. That's when I met them. That's where I met uh, Nathan and Nathan's been a guest on the podcast and you work with Nathan and you work with John Cunningham. Yes. Oh my God. Amazing humans. All of them. Yes. Yes. Just to share with you. um, Yes. I met Nathan at, uh, at the Immerse Global Summit in Miami. I have to tell you, uh, if anybody has the opportunity to be at an Immerse Global Summit um, event or become a member of the VR Air, it's truly a good opportunity because you connect with so many people. Um, and they're meaningful relationships for sure. So that was a, a big part of my journey. Um, but yes, I met with Nathan actually, uh, didn't know, uh, Nathan's actually from Missouri where I'm mm-hmm. from and, um, and met his, uh, you know, met all of the, the team that's working there at the event and then didn't meet John, uh, but met him later, um, because I didn't quite understand how everybody was connected, mm-hmm. um, and ignorance is bliss, right? Now I'm really paying the price for knowing everybody because now I'm involved in everything. <laughs> but it's been wonderful. So yes, so um, you know, I I did not realize that. So I I was learning about simulation and and who was really at the forefront of simulation. And I started doing research and saw that there was an incredible organization out of San Fran called Unity Technologies. And a lot of people know Unity um, for Nintendo or um, maybe Candy Crush, or the movie Avatar, or, uh, you know, that type of stuff, right? And actually, uh, it's also very well known for, you know, putting rocket ships into space and um, training our military, or um, creating fighter jets, or, um, you know, manufacturing facilities, or twinning airports. So there's a lot of really cool things happening. It all kind of pushes us forward towards the future of the 3D internet, which is something I'm very passionate about. And so instead of sitting on the sidelines and spectating, I all of this kind of put me at a point where I had to decide, gosh, I really want to learn more about this, but not just from a distance. I want to be part of it. And and so that's when I volunteered because I thought, gosh, I want to learn about who are who's everybody. And um 
you know, that was a big point, point for me that I had to make some decisions. But yes, so, um, you know, just to share with you. So once I accepted my role at Unity, um, kind of taking everything I learned and training. So Unity is an incredible software company that provides uh, the tools to creators. Uh, cre it's a creator's world that we live in. Um, and the reason why this is so valuable is that um, everything that we know with our phones and how we connect to each other and how we simulate and train and do all of these things is um, hugely balanced on the power of the Unity editor and Unity Real-Time 3D. And so because of that, um, you know, we have a, a great opportunity to provide tools to individuals that afford access. So you can make things, you can create environments or create tools or training uh, mechanisms. And this is a huge thing for individuals to kind of work towards the future of the 3D internet. And so, um, you know, when you look at your phone, just to give you some perspective and you scroll, that's 2D, right? Right. Well, when you are, what we're talking about and what's shifting already, it's already happening. Instead of looking at your phone or looking at the internet, you'll be inside of it. So hmm. that's a lot to wrap your mind around. Yeah, yeah. But, but you already do do it in some ways with AR filters, right? Or right. on your people using Snapchat or different things on their phones. And, um, you know, Unity's done some really cool things with Unity Muses coming out so that you can use prompting functions to create. So lots of cool things with that. So there's a really neat ecosystem happening. And I wanted to be part of it. And I wanted to help others come to the party. And then I also wanted to promote the use of incredible tools to give creators or people who maybe often didn't realize that they could be creators, the resources. So you don't have to be necessarily a, a skilled software developer. Maybe there's tools that can also allow you to create things and be part of the future of the 3D internet. And that's what really um, makes me makes me very happy to to help. So, so in that journey, I met quite a few creators along the way that were women and minorities, and they were often kind of um, limited with the resources. And so. Um, you know, I kind of made it a mission to like, you know, uh, when I experienced, for example, the Armed Forces Jam, this was an incredible thing that like, it was really a, a core memory for me, um, where my, my boys were with me. That was a day where I had a mom moment and I had to take the boys with me and it ended up transforming uh, um, a situation that was a little unfortunate that, you know, I thought I had to drag them along with me and they weren't going to enjoy it. And it actually became quite the experience. Um you know, it doesn't hurt for your kids to think you're cool, right? No, <laughs> so, not at all. And to also say, wow, maybe this is something I might like to do. Because your boys are fairly young still. They are 10 and 11 and my younger two, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I drug them along. But uh, so I, I made it a goal that uh, if I can put the tools in the hands of people who can make things to solve the challenges of the world, um, and we could probably talk about that for a very long time, but there are a lot of big challenges that we face as a, as humanity. <laughs> and so when I see programs like the Armed Forces Jam or Creators at Unity supporting government initiatives and, you know, creating um, programs or, or games that can help solve some of the challenges of the world or of our nation, it is really um, inspirational to me. And so 
Um, you know, when I saw some of the things that were made there and then I got my children involved and they were really inspired. You can't help, but it's a contagious thing. You can't help, but really want to be part of it. So, and that kind of led me, you know, back to, I want to talk about Mission Impact Academy. You know, they're creating incredible AI tools um, that, and uh, all kinds of programs to, to train um, women and their allies um, and provide them with training for upskilling, um, basic training that they would need for maybe when they don't have a lot of experience or exposure to technology. Um, and so the kind of driving force for me is some of the sustainable development goals in um, Isabella are um, number four and five. So number four is gender equality and number five is education. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also climate change, uh, because we have one world, right? And we know that that's really important. And so I feel like unity and these initiatives that you partake in and that I've been able to volunteer at really help make an impact towards that. We have a goal of like 2030 to try and tackle some of the sustainable development goals set forth by the United Nations. And so um, all of the initiatives that I've aligned myself with help push towards that. And so um, with BitBasil, um, art and music get people excited about blockchain and mm -hmm. the initiatives of space. And so maybe BitBasil's working on Luna Prize, which is, you know, we're talking about, you know, and it's a lot to, to comprehend, but there it will be maybe in my children's lifetime will be um, a base on the moon. Right. And so um, what does that look like? You know, maybe there will be people born, children born on the moon. Maybe they won't be able to ever come back to Earth because they were born on the moon. So what does that look like? And also, um, you know, the challenges of climate change here on Earth and you know, what does that look like for our, our country? So all of these initiatives for me kind of all come back to those three things, hmm. gender equality, uh, education, and climate change. Now, all of them are just as equally important, but yeah. those are three that I feel like if we can make an impact, um, when you do solve the challenges of women and you afford them abilities and minorities um, and, and uh, afford them the abilities and um, um, the resources, they can, you kind of offset the other bigger things because then they can take care of themselves. How, how can somebody ever imagine, you know, tackling climate change when they're having a hard time feeding their family? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's just how I look at it. And so if you can help people take care of themselves, then we can start to lessen the burden of the other sustainable de development goals. So that's kind of like where I'm at with it. I, I love this and I want to thank you for sharing that because I align with those initiatives also. I don't think you even knew that. Climate is super important to me. I focus a lot on environment because I used to work for the Nature Conservancy. So anything that is air, water, and land is super important. Um, equality, I look at it even broader because I love the fact that you're focusing on women. But I also want to raise awareness in the areas of individuals with disabilities because how to I've gone on some mission trips and I'm, you know, we just, we need to do better in our country, but also we can help other people. There are a lot of people who are overlooked and forgotten and they're part of our Minorities, community. Yeah, for sure. Um, veterans, individuals with disabilities, internationals. I, I often think that anybody that is an international, they'll work harder than most Americans. 
because and individuals with disabilities, likewise, and veterans, just because, you know, it's a different value system and they understand that they may have one chance or they may not have a lot of chances. So they will come in hard and strong. So and then education, because that's what Employers for Change is there to do is also, you know, close those skill gaps. So you and I are definitely I'm going to call us sisters now. So I love it. Well, that's funny because my father was an immigrant who also served his country before he became naturalized. And so that's a huge thing for me, like the ultimate sacrifice, mm-hmm. like to serve a country that you haven't actually been accepted into during, you know, a time that, you know, was very close to the post-civil rights movement. And, yep. uh, you know, um, even though we're very multicultural in my family, my dad is a, is a, is a black man and he came here at a very tumultuous time and served his country and um, overcame quite a bit. So I completely understand what that means. Mm. Yep. So no wonder we like each other. I don't know when your birthday is, but I'm having a feeling where we must be close. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm October, but you know, we're close. (laughs) We're in the fall. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So thank you for sharing all of that. Just very (laughs) rich background of what it is that you've done and what you're super passionate about. That's very, very important. And it always helps um, other people to go, wow, I thought I was the only one. So they now have somebody else to join forces with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what is the hardest lesson that you learned that changed your life? Oh, goodness. The hardest lesson that I've learned that's changed my life. I would say you have to believe in yourself, even when it's hard. And maybe people that you trust and love, you know, um, you, you have to take chances on yourself. And because ultimately, just because people love you and support you doesn't mean that they're right about what you need to do. You have you have to be the one. Um, and sometimes that's a lonely road, right? It doesn't mean that uh, you have to give up on others, but everybody will always have an opinion. That is true. <laughs> and you have to, it's a hard path to sometimes say, you know, I'm, going to take the path that I want to take. And maybe it's not always popular, right? But you have to do that because it's your heart song that you have to follow. And uh, when you're true to yourself, you can never lose. I can't share that enough. Um, And sometimes other people, because of their own experiences and you don't hold it against them, may have maybe don't believe in themselves the same way, right? So um, it's hard for them to understand your journey because it's your journey. Uh, and doesn't mean they don't love you or support you. So I think that that's sometimes hard for others because um, they're afraid of not having support or love to take a chance on themselves. And you have to do it sometimes. You just got to just roll with it. You do. And it's important to remember that you can actually choose your family now. You can, you, you just said that, you know, a woman that you had worked with previously is now, you know, like a sister. So mm. we we're not restricted in those areas that like, you know, you mesh with somebody, then that becomes your adopted family and that's okay. Oh, you know what? It's so funny is that, yeah, as women, we have these seasons in our life. I know you've probably heard that before, but it was really true. Uh, you have I guess I would say I'm a great people collector in a good way. 
I, I've had these incredible people that I've met along the way. And I feel like no matter what, when you encounter another person and whether it's a, a positive or maybe not so positive experience, you had something to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes lessens the struggle of it. If you accept that, knowing that everybody who comes your way, there's, I always think of it, it feels kind of like, and this is kind of a silly thing, but the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy on her journey, in each of the characters, there's a little something she learns about herself, right? Mm-hmm. Really is about that. At the and, end, yeah. Yeah. But during the journey, you don't know that. And the hard stuff is never, if you knew all the hard stuff, you'd never sign up for it, right? No. Mm-mm. But there's, the it's it, it lessens the tough stuff. It lessens the, the um you know, the, the challenging part of, you know, of, of navigating humans and experiences and disappointment and, you know, maybe personal things. We didn't even go into that, you know, lots of personal things on my journey, um, being a mom, being a single mom of boys, of minority boys and minority women myself with very little support. And so, um, yeah, so, um, it, you know, it does, it does help to, to focus on that type of stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the, um, I know that we had talked about this word gratitude and I, I know that it's, you had talked about it, it's meaning for you there, but it sounds like you're really keeping a life. That's a reminder every day to be grateful, right? Yeah. So grateful for, I've just met incredible women and, and, and men um, but, you know, I think of um, one of my first friends in simulation uh, was Paige Dansinger. She's a Guggenheim trained artist. She actually has an incredible story. If you haven't met her, you should. I know she's, her name. Yeah. And I think I've met her. Yeah. She started as a um, a security guard in a, in a museum and then put herself through college and became museum trained and has had her art all over. Um, but incredible story, um, a true artist. So a really empowering woman. She, I've done so many summits with her in um, Horizon Worlds because it's an incredible platform that we can have where people can join in from all over the world. Like the Black Future Summit, Women in Horizons, um, amplifying women's voices, lots of incredible, incredible things. I met a lot of community members there as well, like Brooklyn Britt, um, uh, DJ Biggie Pauls. Um, who else am I missing? The Primitive Shapes team, uh, Shea Arts, um, Space Glitter Unicorn, also known as Jalitza. She makes incredible worlds um, and experiences. And so so lots of magical people along the journey. I'm so grateful for them because they're kind of at the, the like foundation of like the experiences that we can have in these unique environments and how with very little resource you can connect in an environment of simulation and have a sense of presence. Um, you can share ideas, especially during COVID when it was so hard for us to even gather, right? This was a huge thing to be able to get together and talk about challenges in our communities. Um, or mental health is a huge one. There's a community, um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's a veteran resource center in the metaverse um, where veterans get together and they can do counseling at no charge with other veteran um, counselors. Really incredible. Um, Metacoach is the gentleman who does that. Metacoach in uh, Horizon Worlds. A really beautiful um, build there that uh, people join in and get together. Mm. 
But lots of cool things like that. That's kind of the foundation of this and the communities who are building towards these things. Um, and then also like companies like Booz Allen Hamilton's doing incredible things. And um, who else is it? Just so many great organizations like Immersed. Uh, you maybe got to meet with them at the um, recent uh, event at the Dr. Phillips Center for Medicine. Medicine Center. Yeah. So like lots of cool things and innovation. And um, but I will say that like the biggest thing is it's such a supportive community of individuals like Carol Ann. Uh, oh, like, gosh. So, OK, you must go back and listen to her interview because she is a pioneer in the space of everything that we take for granted. She so was doing stuff. You know, that movie Hidden Figures. Yes. Yes. Okay. She's kind of like that, you know, pretty close to that. Yes. Let me tell you. And she operates like, gosh, if I tell you right now, she just like such a like shining little beam of light and hope and she's supportive. And, but she's also all of the things that I would love. She's direct and she's supportive and she's audacious and she's so intelligent and I think, gosh, if, if I could just plug into her little <laughs> mind and she could share with me, she's just so amazing and supportive as well. And yeah. I don't know, she's like an energizer bunny. I don't know where she gets. I know. <laughs> but women like her and Amy Peck, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. have you met Amy Peck? She's incredible. Um, Endeavor XR, her and John have been such a great support system for me. Um, John, I haven't even got to touch on, but such a great support. He's, you know, moved on and, and doing really incredible things right now and building community as well. Uh, but he 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 gave me a lot of guidance, lots of good experience to draw from. Um, as a woman, it's powerful to have uh, and really incredible to have um, individuals like that support you. And even, you know, just my, you know, I've got so many great people that are supportive and helpful and uh, on the journey. But yes, I always think of it like there's these cast of characters and sometimes they're there for a little moment in time and sometimes they're there for the long haul. And um, I can't unknow them. It's like, we can, we can only go forward. Right. So incredible people for sure. The one person I didn't mention is Chad Weir. He's also really incredible. And he is the executive producer from the medicine or global week event, but also his last name. Weir, W-E-I-R, and he is an incredible person, and he is uh, somebody who, without me knowing it, actually introduced me to Mission Impact uh, as well. Um, They're just really doing incredible things, but um, a few other people as well. So there's these characters in the industry that are pushing it forward. Um, um, Trista from Booz Allen Hamilton is another one. She's just really phenomenal doing great things. She's in the chief technology office uh, at Booz Allen Hamilton. And wow. really- you said so many great names. I've been like writing them all into the show notes oh, for sure. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to meet these people. So definitely. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, more yes. <laughs> so who in your life has had the biggest impact? My, my Oma which is Dutch for grandmother. Uh, She's 91. Um, She has, as a woman, uh, you know, she she had 12 children, birthed 12 children. 
um, and lived through the civil rights movement, trying to come to the Ameri- America the first time during the 60s was very difficult. So they had to leave and then come back and, um, you know, you know, raising children and then eventually on her own. Uh, and um, she's like the epitome of resilience and um, all those things I would describe myself as, you know, I, I've been so fortunate um, to know no women like that and to, to share DNA with one who's a, you know, I would say a certified badass, you know, um, everybody's got different journeys. She didn't do anything in technology, but as a woman, she always pushed forward and she always came from a place of love. Um, and she had a big personality. She has a big personality still. Um, and that's why she's still doing all the things she is at 91, probably living in her own house. You know, it's unheard of a lot of times that grandchildren, great grandchildren know their great grandmother. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm very fortunate in our family that she's kind of it's a very matriarchal a family. And she has been just kind of a, a really great example. I've had so many great examples, though, you know, but my You're Nana, yeah. Oma, I would say for sure. Yeah, because I've known my great grandmother, but uh, I think when people get married later in life, you you lose the connection to that bloodline that you have. And so, yeah, super valuable because we don't always have the stories in in some families where they're carried down. Right. Those stories are so powerful. You know, and I recently, like a couple months ago, decided to I I flew into St. Louis uh, to see my grand, my grandfather's there in St. Louis still. And I saw him and then I popped over to Kansas city for a few days and just uh, got some of the good home cooking and some good stories with her. And she actually shared some new stories that I don't think anybody else knew. Um, it just, it was in a moment just having coffee with her and, and she, something reminded her and she shared something unique, a little deeper dive into a story of an experience with her mom and how it made such an impact with her. And I think, that kind of goes back to, you know, just to kind of take it back to, you know, really all that matters when you look at whether it's technology and all these things that we're doing, innovation and, you know, big careers is like, is impact, you know, for all of us, you know, to really remember that, like, you know, when you look back, did you make an impact? And, you know, yeah. did, you, did you help people? Uh, and helping people doesn't mean giving them things. It means, did you, did you help uplift? Did you support? Did you maybe provide resources when necessary? But I think that that's the value when you think of, I think you're going to probably go into this when we think of technology and it taking on the everyday task and maybe changing how we look at jobs and what, what technology's role is. I think that, you know, meaningful impact and how we engage, those are the things that you can't simulate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's important for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. Very true. So let's see. Last question before we take a break. What do you want to be remembered for in your life? And I think you already touched on it because you said impact. So I'm not sure if you want to expand on that one. I do. I do want to expand quickly on it. I, I think that, you know, the value of of touching others' lives is very important. And it doesn't have to be a big to-do. It could be something small. Um, 
just to be thoughtful and to be inclusive. It's not super hard um, to do those things. Um, if you if you kind of if you come from a place of love, if you channel your inner inner Carol Ann, let's just say that, or yeah. your your inner Oma, right? Um, you can't really go wrong. You'll always kind of walk in and on that right path. And you'll know when those individuals come your way, um, you know, who the characters are. I, I say character in a loving way, of course, but who that cast of characters are and, and what their part is. And um, you always will have the people, places and things you need and how you can help support them and connect them. And, and a lot of times it's reciprocal. But I think at the end of my life, I want to, you know, raise a good family and I want my you know, I want to be example for my sons. I think that's a big driver for me as um, many times um, along this last year, when I changed careers, my boys said to me, like, we're proud of you, mom, for being brave. And that was like at the very beginning of the journey, um, you know, when I had to make some hard choices and, and really think about what it meant for our family and change career paths. And, you know, for my boys to say, we're proud of you. And, you know, to be an example for them of what it means, you know, as a woman, um, I think is really powerful. So I hope that that sinks in with them. And so that they, you know, maybe they will, that example will have ripples, right, in their lives and their relationships professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. So being an example is a big thing. Leading by example is a, is a really big thing. And then uh, making impact and then having a lot of fun while you do it, you know. Yeah, that last part is super important because I think that's going to be one of the key ways that you can keep what will what should look like because words and actions should match. But we can say those words, but the actions always speak louder that you have um, treated that other person you know, with respect. And when I say that, I was having this discussion with somebody else that they're also divorced. And so having those relationships between the parents that are no longer married, still be respectful, that is really hard. <laughs> and when you can co-parent in that way, and even if the other parent doesn't do it, but you're exhibiting that, that's everything. Oh, yeah. Still right about that. I think that um, you can only be responsible for yourself and you can that be, is true. but at the same time, like sometimes there's, you know, you, you can't change the destination of everybody's journey. Obviously you can try and positively impact. Um, but I think there's faith through action, right? So, you know, um, taking for me, being an example for my boys who are, you know, black boys um, growing up in a challenging world. Um, and being an example of a, a strong woman, also understanding that I can't replace the other person in their life, no. um, but show them how to navigate that and maybe change the outcomes that are the reality for so many, right? Because it's, as women, it's tough in a world. Um, and I think if I can be a good example <laughs> as, me as much as possible, um, then when I look back and maybe my kids are, are good humans and they're kind and they make an impact like on the world and do things that are um, important, but also they're kind to others and, and uplifting to others, I think, to make sure everybody has a place. I think I, that's a huge part of how I raise my family. And it's also how I operate in general. Mm -hmm. So 
I think it's really very important, you know. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to take uh, a few minutes to acknowledge our sponsor, Cat5 Studios, and we will be right back. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. And now we're back to the second half of our show where we talk about the future. What is 2030 going to look like? It can be jobs. It can be your industries. But what do you think the future 2030, which we don't count this year and we don't count 2030. So five years from now, what do you think it will look like? Well, I'm hopeful that we will be utilizing technology to solve challenges of everyday life. Um, that will be making significant progress towards smart cities um, where, you know, we can uh, live better, healthier, more productive and engaging lives. Um, also that we've made an impact on climate change. We have these goals, even if we're not to the goal by 2030, but to make significant progress towards it. Mm. Uh, I hope to see more women uh, and minorities um you know, upskilling with technology training and resources. Um, I hope to see more creators making things, uh, creating, sharing, engaging, um, building things with unity. Um, and I also, I'm hopeful that maybe we make a little progress towards, you know, taking care of each other like we should, our brothers and sisters. I think that that's kind of for me, that's where all of these other areas kind of lead towards a, a better quality of life and um, making sure that people aren't going without the basic needs, right? Um, making sure that people have resources and food um, and med medical um, resources as well. Um, there's lots of challenges, but I think my goal is if we can make a, a big impact Maybe we don't get all the way there, but maybe if we make enough of an impact to to bring it down and decrease a little bit of suffering in the world, right? That would be wonderful. Mm. It would be. Um, so do you have any ideas how we could do something like that? Anything? Because we're all in creator world, right? So yes. anything can be possible. Do you have any, just one idea that you might want to share? I, well, I got a couple ideas. I think we need more um, game jams for sure. And we need them, uh, you know, supporting the military, the space force. Um, we need them. Uh, we need to, to get more, um, buy-in from young ladies, um, across the globe. And maybe we bring in more universities to be part of that. I'd like to see that. Um, and maybe even on a world scale, uh, I, I like to see that. I like to be part of it. So when I say I'd like to see more of it, I would like to be part of these things. Um, so more of these initiatives to solve the challenges of the world using gaming is so powerful. The young minds are so amazing, the stuff that they think of and um, the things that are made. And, you know, if I can provide resources, I'm all about it. <laughs> um, so that's a big one. For existing workforce, I would say, um, you know, utilizing the school, the skills uh, and uh, training resources of AI. Um, if there's certifications and technology training, I would say go for it, especially women and minorities. Go for it. You would be surprised what your employer might do to, 
you know, I will say there's a lot of resources out there through workforce um, development initiatives to keep people employed. So if it means adding some AI training, if it means adding certain skill sets that are technology training, I would say go for it. And a lot of times those can be covered by your employer or by even um, the local workforce development um, initiatives. They can help with that. Um, I've I'll seen tell you some other sources, too, that are, are really valuable. The Orlando Public Library, every library has access to these things. Um, the Melrose Center has both Unity and Unreal Engine programming. They give access to computers. The software is in, you know, downloaded. There's all kinds of things that people can take advantage of for free if an employer can't supply it. Unity and Unreal both have, because I'm being agnostic here, um, both have learning modules on the website. So for those that are self-learners and you want to go to the library, if you don't have a, access to a computer, there are resources that are out there that people can get to. So some things cost money, but not everything costs money. And I think it's important to remember there are a lot of companies that are being very proactive. I know that's what I've done with Employers for Change is made our own academy to make sure that we are helping to skill people for the future and close those skill gaps. So, so much good stuff out there that you mentioned. Um, yes, so everybody does this now. Yeah. You said, yes. You said, say it again, you cut out. Uh, Canva. I oh, yeah. Offer, you know, skills and certifications and all kinds of things of that nature that falls in alignment with uh, what Unity and Unreal provide. But there's just pick something and you can find res free resources, whether it's YouTube videos or anything of that nature to be able to learn something. Sure. When it comes to certain initiatives, you know, I understand being agnostic, but I will tell you that um, for certain things, there's only really a few options. So figure out what makes sense for you. Um, you know, I think any artist or any creator has to know all the brushes and all the colors, um, you know, that they need, all the tools they need to create their piece of work, I guess you could say. Um, and so uh, learn as much as you can. I will, you know, definitely, you know, share with you that they're the biggest thing about making impact is getting involved. So we have an incredible community here in Orlando, Central Florida, um, even in the state of Florida, I would say, um, that has so many different programs and resources. There's always something going on as far as getting involved in the community or um, different things, you know, uh, on a, a monthly basis, if not weekly basis sometimes. So I would say just you would be so surprised how welcoming the community is. Show up, introduce yourself, uh, and make friends. And um, if you're not sure, you can always reach out. You know, of course, I think you're going to include my contact information. But I would say just to take a little chance. Even like, you know, the colleges here have little um, events and things for technology and for the community. But I would say if you can get involved and just show up and meet, make a few friends, you will probably be pleasantly surprised how much there is out there to get involved and start making an impact yourself. So mm -hmm. I would call to action. Yeah, you mentioned another way at the beginning of the show, too, when you volunteered to go to the Immerse Summit that was in Miami. Volunteering gets you in the door and you get T-shirts and sometimes you get to park for free and all kinds of good stuff. So volunteering is another way to get involved and meet lots of key people. 
Yeah. When you help others, you actually end up helping yourself grow quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to throw all of those in there. So what are your thoughts? You can pick any one thing that you want to robots, AI, augmented reality, virtual reality, any other technologies that you um, can see can positively or negatively impact the industries. Well, I would say the best way to look at it is obviously we have to be smart about anything, even the best things, if they're abused, can have negative results, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel all positive about all of the things that you've mentioned. I think they're all necessary. There's all the ecosystem. So, you know, we throw around the term metaverse um, and all of this works towards the future of the 3D internet for sure. But we really don't have a metaverse yet. And we all know that, but it's easy to call it that because that's what everybody's saying. But truly when all of the ecosystems of you know, XR, which includes VR, AR, all of that, and digital twins and blockchain and, you know, all these things, right? So you have smart cities, you have all of these different things, these different areas. And when all of those systems are connecting, uh, sharing information, you know, data, all of that, that's when you have a metaverse. And so um, really, I think with anything, even with the internet, we saw there were challenges of, you know, people can abuse it, right? So we just have to be cautious and be mindful and try to always lead, you know, that m- most people have the best intentions. But with anything, whenever you innovate and you progress, there's going to be challenges of things like that. So I'm not too worried about the negative outcomes. I think, um, you know, humans are too self-serving <laughs> to let that really get out of control. It's really always about us. But um, I think that there's a lot of really great tools that we can use. And the benefit, especially in medicine and how we engage with others, will truly outweigh any negative impact. Uh, so um, there's always challenges and we're going to have to be smart about that. But I think that the good outweighs the bad in all of those fronts. I think they're all necessary. And AI is just one more tool in our tool belt of things for sure. And it's such a powerful tool. Mm, It absolutely is. Okay. Ethical dilemmas. So we touched on it. So this is one of my ethical dilemmas. Just because we can do something doesn't mean that we should. And the example is, is there's going to be a lot of people that are not um, that don't have the intellectual capacity, that may not have uh, resources that allows them, that doesn't have the family support. So many things that means that they can't be a programmer. I would never be a programmer. I had asked my dad, oh, I'm thinking I'm going back to school to learn programming. He laughed in my face and said, you will not make it. And it hurt my feelings, but I understand why, because I'm not wired that way. now. Sure. You know, so I did. I took like one class and I went, oh, he's right. Uh, it wasn't you what gave me joy. Learn. You mm-hmm. had to learn that. You had to experience that for yourself, though, right? Well, no, I actually did it for a different reason. Um, I did it so I could be more conversational with those that are programmers so I could understand more. You know, and I went, I'm going to take a class just to see it. I could not make the ball bounce inside of the little square. I tried to make the square, (laughs) program the square, and then put a ball inside of it and have it bounce. And I was going, okay, this is hard. So, yeah. Well, so that's, you know, so just to kind of to hit on that, um, the whole the whole goal of what Unity is doing right now, and this is the power of Unity, 
is that they're lowering the bar to make tools more accessible to everyday people. You don't have to be a software developer with these tools like Muse and Centis. Necessarily, you, there are resources there where you can use prompting to create worlds, to create all kinds of things. And so the goal is to give more access to all uh, without necessarily you don't, you know, you may not have to have a uh, software development school skills. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole goal is to give more access to creators and to make it more accessible to make things um, in whatever capacity. It could be games. It could be art. It could be think places for you to engage with each other. For example, there was a gal that I met. Uh, I can't think of her name right this moment, but I can share it with you. And during COVID, she created her own business and she was a minority woman in like Ohio and she couldn't afford to buy a store. So she created a virtual store and she sells these brookies. It's like a cookie brownie. Okay. And she's got like 1500 customers a month ordering them now because she created a, a store in virtual reality where people could go and place an order. And then mm-hmm. she would drop ship them. She would never have been able to do that. She said in her, her everyday life to go and actually get a store and have it but she was able to build a store and create a presence and it gave her the confidence and now she has like all these followers buying buying cookies I'm curious you said that she built a virtual reality store a real (laughs) virtual not just a a website that sells things a vr like i went to the grand opening of her store and i could order her cookies or brookies yeah wow wow i'm gonna go look for this one while we're talking so for let me just tell you real quick. So this is, I know we're going over our time, but this is important. So places like in Horizon Worlds, it's not just kids in there playing. There's actually whole cities where there's storefronts and people are doing business and they have a storefront and they have networking events and they sell goods or services and there's an exchange happening. The reason why Horizon Worlds is so popular is because they did it first in a place where you could feel presence and their avatars look halfway decent. And there isn't a huge expense for people to go on there. It's a free application, right, to go into. And anybody can create things. So that's why it's so popular is it gave the everyday person who maybe grew up and could maybe grew up in a place where all they could afford was a $200 or $300 headset. They can now go on there and they can learn about things and meet with people and sell their goods or their services. And they would have never been able to maybe do that or realize that in real, in everyday life. Maybe they couldn't afford to go rent a storefront, right? But they could build one and then they could have people come there and support them and they could feel presence and they could sell their services or goods. And that is a, that is the great equalizer right there Hmm. because You don't know what that person really looks like. You don't know where they're from. You can't really judge them, right? Uh, And they can do business for very low expense. So that's why that was such a popular place. And so you see places like Golden Avenue still doing, I think, biweekly networking events. Um, And that's a place where I meet quite a few people from all over the world. And, And pretty powerful. So you'll have to get your headset. Do you have a headset? No, 
I oh. do not. So um, when we get off the show, you're going to be giving me a lot more instructions on some things to do. I do want to build this like into the uh, show description and being totally transparent. So that's why I want you to share like this link because I'm Googling it while you're talking, like while you've been talking, I Google everything you're saying here. And I'm also like taking a lot of notes into the show notes. And I go, well, Verizon World Store. I went, where is that? And I can't find the link, but I know you'll be able to get it. Meta Horizon World. M-E-T-A. Meta Horizon Uh app. It's on the Oculus Store, but you can actually... Horizon, not Verizon. Horizon. Okay. Okay. Got it. So that's where, you know, the whole thing of giving resources to all and creating environments where everybody's welcome. They can engage with each other. They can do business. Um, Maybe they wouldn't have been able to realize that in everyday life, right? Um, And sometimes with mental health challenges or different things that maybe people have, it's a more welcoming environment because there's some anonymity. They don't have to actually leave their home. And for women, that's a big deal because if you have families, you can't, you know, you're not going out and hitting the town like you can throw on your headset and you can network or you can meet people or you can share ideas or you can make art. Looks so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's places that are more like for fun, you know, there's like places, a lot of people think it's for kids and, you know, there's just kids in there, but there's a lot of, there's a good handful of places where people are doing business and engaging and sharing ideas. And I've actually taken a lot of, um, devs there to, and they're like, you people made this in here by hand. <laughs> you know, they're impressed. They're like, I never, I've never been on this side of it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are, you're right. We are rapidly closing, you know, at the end, we are there. So the best mentoring advice that you want to share with our listeners? Oh, I would say uh, get involved. Um, like I mentioned in our conversation, meet people. Um, I would say if you're in school and you're, you know, at the last year or six months, um, or if you're even in your second year, start getting involved in things, find things that are um, conducive to what your interests are. Um, Find an internship. That's huge. Work with, you know, if there's somebody at your school that you can connect with or make contacts in the community. Shameless plug for my own company, Employers for Change. So throwing that one in there too. Employers for Change is a big one. Um, But if you get involved in the community, you also have access to more resources and mentors as well. um, And they can help with that. So I think the more hands you shake, the more eyes you look into and introduce yourself, Mm -hmm. the better off you'll be. I know that's sometimes hard. Um, So there are virtual um, networking events I see on all the time. Oh, you need to make a LinkedIn. That's a really powerful tool. Yes. Make a LinkedIn. Um, And then... uh, Volunteer, like I said, get involved. Um, You know, every ecosystem that we know about from finance to construction will have a place digitally. So you want to think about what that strategy is for you um, and be aware of it because maybe your organization's not there yet if you're working somewhere. But if you're getting ready to graduate, be mindful that, um, you know, websites are going to be a way of the past and not the near future. So it, it might be a little bit different approach of how we engage with each other. So be mindful of how and creative of how we can interact with others. Um, and just, yeah, get involved. I say get involved in the community. You It's amazing what who you'll meet. 
Love this. Now, how can our listeners contact you? We always give the uh, guest LinkedIn um, link since you mentioned that. We always do that. Um, and we have the Unity website, but you had mentioned some other sites that you wanted us to include. Yeah, I can share, um, you know, learn. you can learn about the VRAR is a great resource. It's been a great resource for me. Um, the VRAR is a, an incredible group you can learn about on LinkedIn or you can uh, learn about on uh, the web. Um, as well as um, Mission Impact Academy. Um, also, BitBasil is another one that's um, pushing the, the initiatives of the sustainable sustainable development goals um, set forth by the United Nations. Um, so, if you need to email me, you can email me arian.ficky, F is in Frank, I K K I, at unity.com. Um, and yeah, so you can always reach out on LinkedIn as well. All right. Well, we will share that email, but I can tell you it doesn't always work the way you think it's going to. It's usually you get slammed with a bunch of people trying to sell you something. So in case you change your mind, let me know. I want to just say something to you, Isabella. You know, I've had uh, some really great interactions with you and I've seen you in action. And I think what you do for the community is sometimes thankless, right? But it's so important. I've engaged with some of the students that you're working with. And I have to tell you, like, it's incredibly important work. And I feel like this space and these conversations are so valuable. And I'm excited about who's next for you on this show. And I'm excited to support you in any way that I can. And thank you for what you're doing for the community. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That just came unexpected. I'm I'm very grateful. Thank you. And you're right. Sometimes you don't hear it, but um, you just did and you made my whole day. So thanks. Thank you to our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our video production team, Gabe Laporte, Tommy Myers, Andrew Pagat, and Julissa Hurtado. Music is by Sophie Lloyd. Visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusive recruiting and culture while skilling your people for the future of work. Thank you for supporting The Intern Whisperer by subscribing to us on Podbean, our Employers for Change YouTube channel, or streaming from your favorite podcast channel.